tells the person that I was growing up, the girl who quit school in 10th grade, who did write a book, who does have a podcast, who does speak and get paid to speak and does coach others that, you know what, (laughs) do the things you need to do, do the things you want to try. It's not all about initials after your name. It's about your passion. It's about helping other people. It really is because it comes back to you. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. Now, let's start crossing it off together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Crossing Off podcast. I am super excited for today's guest. She has done something that it seems like a lot of people I run into have it on their list, and yet there's a whole bunch of people that doing this might scare them to death. So uh, I'm excited for Lisa David Olson to be here with us today. She describes herself as humorous, quirky, weird, and well-intentioned. Lisa, thanks for being here. Hey, Roger. Thank you so much for letting me jump into the Crosser Offer show. Yeah, for sure. So Lisa, let's start off. Tell us what you crossed off your list. I wanted to do a TEDx and some people don't know what a TEDx is, but Mm -hmm. it stands for technology, education, and design. And the X part stands for that. It's a smaller venue. It's not the overall TED platform, but it does have to be approved by the TED platform. So I'm surprised of the amount of people that don't know what it is. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's on me. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I'm glad people get to hear it and, and hear about it. Let's start off with your origin story. Where were you before you decided to do this and put it on your bucket list? I have been and still am a speaker. I'm a business humorist and my background is comedy and improvisation. And as a speaker, it's kind of the the big deal to get to the red dot. Most stages have the red dot or a red circular carpet to stand on. And so that's kind of the slang of got to get to the dot. So to me, it states that you have a message that hasn't been shared like you're going to share it because otherwise it wouldn't be accepted that you have an idea worth spreading or sharing and that you will be adored by most of the world. (laughs) We will will get to that point later. What drove you personally to want to do that? was the driving force for you to say, Lisa needs to engage in this and and needs to cross off her bucket list? I constantly am going towards the next thing. I Mm -hmm. I don't know a time I haven't, which I'm not bragging. It's really about my, my personality of being hyper and anxiety ridden and never settled. And I've never been settled. So I don't know what it would be to settle me out, but that was on my list for about a year. And then a, a buddy reached out and said, Hey, you should do this uh, online audition that we have. And it's a TEDx in Bloomington. And I live in Minnesota. And I was like, well, I'm local to Bloomington. So that just makes sense that, you know, sometimes if you're local, it does give you an edge, not always. And then I was accepted. And without sharing that with the group, I realized really fast, it was Bloomington, Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say. There's, there's more than one. What? Right. And that's in that <laughs> neck of the woods. There's several. There's a Bloomington, Indiana, Bloomington, Silly Illinois. Silly me. Yeah. Yes. That's how, that's how I, I think in my little circle. Yeah. Those, but, are, yeah. those are my old stomping grounds, Bloomington, Indiana. So, Oh, such a cool place. Yeah. It's a nice little town. It's a nice little college town. Was there a specific talk 
that you had heard from a TEDx speaker or a TED speaker that you were like, wow, one day I want to, I want to make it to that stage. Well, yes. And there's the ones that you think, oof, I could do better than that. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, isn't that why we watch comedy or why, why we watch shows? It's not the only reason, but when you go to a club and you watch a show, sometimes you're like, I could have done that. So sometimes it's that way, but I, as a speaker, that is your thing. That is your, your brass trophy, gold trophy, whatever is to be accepted, to go through the process. And, you know, you think that people are looking into the monitor for their notes and you're not allowed to have notes. The monitor is only to show you if you have slides. So you do have to be memorized and stay in a certain minute zone. You cannot vary. So let's talk about the application process. A friend of yours reached out and said, do this. And you, so how, what that looked like for you? Because it was in 2019, it was over zoom and it was, no, it was 2021 and it was over zoom. And so everything we did was all six speakers. So the process was to give my pitch in, I think it was, I had two minutes. So I set a timer and I was at my desk like I am now. And I have my notes in front of me so that I could stay on the, on the time. And my timer fell because I do talk with my hands. And so by the time it went off, I couldn't shut it off. So at the very end, <laughs> it was all the beady deep, beady deep. And I was just, and that flustered me, but I, as an improv person, you just right through. Yeah. If and anybody once, could survive that, it would probably be you. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? It, it's a lesson. If you flub, keep going because right. not everybody gives a crap. Like, like when we're talking right now, one of our animals might say something, you know what, just keep going. Then after you auditioned, the part I didn't know was going to happen is every person auditions. And then we all went into a a chat and we anonymously stated what we liked and what we didn't. So that, I don't know that that's standard for all of them. Each TEDx is independently run and no one is paid, even the people who run it. So that was whatever they wanted. So that was pretty interesting. And by vote, I got in. So you watched everybody else's pitches? We did. Isn't that bizarre? That's really crazy. And then you got to vote on? We critiqued them and voted. Wow. That's super interesting. It is interesting. I think, first of all, to get even to be allowed to pitch, you went through a process of writing and and saying, Mm -hmm. here's what, here's my idea worth spreading. And it, it needs to be new. So if you have an idea worth spreading, go research other TEDs and TEDxs, see what's out there because you're going to find something similar and then put your stamp on it, put your personality on it. So it's not like, like if I wanted to go and talk about having a bucket list, cause that's my thing. Then I know that I've watched three or four other TEDx you know, mm-hmm. talks on, on bucket list stuff. Mm-hmm. They've all been a little different, but it's, so is even in the TEDx, since it's independently operated, they still have to go back and, and cross-reference all the other talks that have ever been given. And, or is it, do they have leeway in that? I believe you need to make sure that you have the original because anybody can plug your idea in and say, huh, what makes her different or him for you? What I know about you is you use the term cross or offer. I would definitely be going that way. And the other thing that makes you very unique is that you have your list, but you stated that it's not hardcore. I have to get everything on my list, that my life changes. And because of that, maybe I don't want to do running 
is it running with the men running with the bulls something on fire <laughs> burning man yeah, we burn bur the bulls bur something man. yeah well the steak in pamplona spain is absolutely fabulous so <laughs> I, you know i wouldn't mind they should do that after they run the bulls um, there's that. your idea there's your tedx no but seriously because that to me just knowing you briefly and and checking out your work is that that makes you different in my brain. I haven't mm -hmm. gone and looked at the other, but you were, you gave me such an aha when you stated your list is a living document and it mm. can be changed. And I, I just loved that. That to me was a big aha when you shared that. Yeah. So that's what I see in you and everybody has to put their own spin on something. So you get selected. How many people spoke at your TEDx? We had six or seven. Okay. And was there a theme that you had to, put your story into or your, your talk into, or was it just free for all? Anybody does it, whatever they want. Most all of them have a theme. And so basically what you do is you craft your talk into that theme. You can easily, I can easily do that. I think <laughs> you can. And I, I don't know if everybody can, but Hey, if you can't reach out to me, uh, <laughs> it, their theme was the big question. And so therefore I started my talk with a question. That's a pretty broad theme i think mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes. you can fit most anything into that i think so i saw a request for submissions for a tedx that's just women it's just women speakers mm -hmm. um, yep so, i've seen that too so i'm sure that's a, that's a thing so you, you had to pay your way from minnesota down to indy indianapolis we did. okay yes my so, husband is so supportive and he not only um so it was all going to be virtual and then one of the speakers, Melissa, yay, said, is there any way we could do this in person? And it was still uh, quarantine and safety procedures and all that. And long story short, yes, we did. But we yeah, could only but... get 100 people total in the theater. And that means camera people behind the stage, the tech folks, those running the program. Mm -hmm. So we each could have like three people you know, people had to buy tickets and you could buy online and watch over Zoom. But 100 people in a, a giant historic theater in Bloomington yeah. was not many. I'm still uh, I'm going after my third one now. And I want that full audience so that I can. Yeah, really I, I've seen a couple of concerts in that venue. So I, I know how mm, big it is. It's so cool. There. Yeah. yeah. yeah but we had to cool. wear a mask until we were until that microphone was slapped onto the side of our heads. And um, everything was extremely uh, cautious and just very professional. And my husband donated 2000 photos because he was there and he's a videographer and <laughs> photographer. He became nice. the photographer. People just chip in. They just have yeah. a passion for this. So you're, you're backstage, you're getting ready for this. You've probably done lots of preparation. Uh, mm -hmm. you're, not, you're, you're accustomed to standing on the stage uh, in front of people and sometimes Hostile ones, hostile yes. groups of people, I'm sure. Absolutely. How are you feeling at that moment before, you know, it was your turn to walk out there? I had a new outfit picked out. Our hotel was a block and a half away. I left to go to the hotel, ran out of time, got caught in the rain and ended up doing my TEDx with rained hair that dried as it was in a t-shirt and jeans. Wow. And that how'd that make was, you feel? <laughs> let's do it. This yeah. is, this is the way it's going to be. And I was, I spoke after the jazz band and it was an improv jazz band and improv and jazz means I don't know when it's done. So I was <laughs> really pacing. I'm thirsty. I have to pee. I'm so thirsty. I have to pee. Don't drink. 
have a mint. Now I'm more thirsty. It was, it was a little bit of uh, of that, of messing with my own head. Yeah. So I did a lot of breathing and I just said my keywords and just paced around. And it's so sweet. People want to talk to you. Please don't. <laughs> when somebody's prepping to go on the stage for something they've dreamed of for decades, leave them alone. But yeah, it was the people treated you like you were a star. It just was an incredible experience that way. Hey, bucket listeners. It's Roger, host of the show. I just want to say thanks for all those that have been sticking with the show during my time of healing. If you didn't know, I suffered a stroke in July of 2023 and have been on the mend ever since. I appreciate everybody that stuck with me as we've gone from two episodes to one episode a week and dropping an older episode to fill in that gap. So many of you have asked how I'm doing and how you can help. My sister has created a GoFundMe account for me as I'm unable to do my regular job that usually pays for my ability to do podcasting. So if you'd like to learn more about how I'm doing and ways that you could possibly help, please go to the show notes and find the GoFundMe page uh, listed there under resources for Roger. Thank you so much for sticking with the show and let's get back to another great bucket list story. Looking back at your experience, what were the di- what are the differences between like doing a TEDx talk and getting up and, you know, at an open mic night or, or doing a, set, a 15 minute set someplace? I'm interactive. I always will talk to the audience. I have certain things I always say and certain things that just come up. And I, in a big theater like that, I would probably walk down in the audience because what I do is, is improv work and the back and forth and the mm-hmm. energy is just incredible. I don't want that space between me and the people. Cause I've, I've worked small theater by choice for decades. So that, that part was different. And it was, um, if I had a different way, because I had to stay with all my words and I had to stay with my time. Somebody was backstage with the printed out copy in case you blanked. So then they would yell at you. Oh, not, not to, they weren't censoring or making sure you were staying on, on track. They were, they were just helping you out. Yes. Because if I all of a sudden go blank, Mm -hmm. as we all have, why did I walk in the kitchen? But this is a little bit bigger than that. A little bit. Then they would yell from backstage. They would yell your next words and then they would edit it. But obviously anybody on zoom and in the audience would see the real deal. Wow. The only thing that happened during my uh, walkthrough performance, the uh, rehearsal that we went through the whole thing each uh, is I bumped the uh, (laughs) remote in my, and because I do talk, (laughs) I bumped and I advanced a slide. And then I just casually just kept talking and tried to go back inside. I'm a mess, but on the outside, I wasn't. And that taught me don't do that. So I I kept the um, remote in my front pocket while I talked until I needed it. And I don't use that many slides, but I did have a few pictures. I just had to show. What was different for you as far as performing in those two environments? What was there something you had to do differently to prep for that? Or is it, was it very similar? Was it easy? Was how did you prepare for coming from one world and stepping into another? Do you mean live performing versus this very rigid? Yeah. Practice? Yeah. You can t- call it that or, you, or just two different. I mean, to me, they're just two different stages. I mean, they're just, it uh, is. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Um, I just had a talk recently and played with the audience and um, I did an improv game with everybody. I brought people up and made them a star without having to do much. And 
brought in the camera guy and did all these things that you cannot do at a TEDx that I know of, unless it was pre-planned. So to pre-plan improv makes it non-improv. <laughs> and right. when you're a speaker that does improv, you are constantly watching the audience and choosing your people. That's the way I am. Mm -hmm. I, if it's a club and it's night and people are drinking, I absolutely stay with anybody, stay away from those who have been drinking a lot and you can tell who they are if they're eager to be up you don't want them <laughs> you want someone that will follow your lead and from doing this so many years i'm a pretty good judge of that just from the times it's not worked <laughs> it stays with you so uh yes having to do this rigid thing on a stage was great because i love new experiences like you you've got these things you want to go and do and it, it was another challenge and I'm always setting up the next one. My second TEDx was totally different. It was all video and it was through Brazil. Online or? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So okay. all the rehearsals were on Zoom and not everyone spoke the same language. So mm -hmm. we did a lot of smiling at each other. And then you had to produce your own two camera video. And I think I had eight minutes, eight, nine minutes, something like that. Two and cameras. I, Most and you can never don't... give the same talk twice. Right. So and this one was all about pranks, my passion for pranks. But two cameras, that seems like that's pretty aggressive, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know a whole Luckily, lot about the industry, but I but I, you know, I'm just sitting here with my ASICS Chromebook and I'm not, you know, thinking about setting up another camera and having another angle and cutting. Here I am with work. my microphone on my cell phone stand. There you I'm highfalutin, <laughs> but it works. So why mess with it? Uh, luckily, I sleep with a videographer. So there you go. Yeah. we needed a stage and it was like 600 bucks to get a stage for two hours. And so we got creative. I'm not going to spend that. So we got creative. I went to my ex-husband's karate studio and my husband set up the pipe and curtains and made a black stage and did the two cameras for me. And my stepson um, ran the mics and fed me lines. And it was really, it turned out well. I, I was a a mess then as well, just because I felt like, oh my God, I, I got to hurry. I got to get out of here. I got to, <laughs> I never want to put anybody out, but at the same time, I was like, I'm going through Brazil, you know? It's yeah. Cool. No so. doubt. If someone asked you, you know, you started talking to them and they said, and, and I know you coach people through this process. So, so I don't want you to give away all your trade secrets on my show, although that'd be great if you did, but, it, but you know, what if someone said, oh, you've done TEDx, I've, I've been thinking about that. I have that in my bucket list. What's like one thing besides just do it, right? And like a lot of times people are like, you just got to do it. I understand that. But that's an individual thing. People have to want that. So if someone said, yeah, I'm really thinking about doing this, what's one thing that you would say to them to help them in that process? Get a coach because you can, if you can write it and do it all yourself, that would be fabulous and good luck. There is so many facets to this actual venue and this actual, you know, circle of TEDxism that you have to have your star moment. That's your 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 big moment that you're going to share. I think for you that would be your your walk. What was that called? The Camino. I think for you that would be a big one. Um, you talk about a special photo you did. That would be a really great opener. You want that star moment, whether it would be at the front or the end. Um, for some people, it might be a trauma. For some people, it might be, I quit my job because I wanted more time with my dog. What is that that's going to grab the audience? The best book opens with a sentence that's in the middle of the story. 
or an act action that's going on so that you want your star moment. You have to have your through line. So everything has to make sure it's somebody called it the red spine. It was like, it mm. has to attach all your thoughts. And that as many times as I've been writing and speaking, that one made me go, I don't get it. Give me some more. So mm. I did go through a masterclass twice. Uh, I'm still in a group online that we chat back and forth. It is just such a, a great place of support and like-minded people that everybody wants everyone else to do well. And it's not competitive because there's so many ideas out there. We're not trying to take each other's ideas, but know your um, star moment, your through line, make sure you're doing your talk in front of people at the bus stop, your partner, <laughs> your friends, your kids. Uh, my dog was a so-so audience. Always face a different wall when you're walking through it and talking through it. Don't always just stand in one place. Try sitting, try standing, move into another room, go outside, try it in your car. And for myself, I record and talk along with it because I'm such an audio person that I, it's like learning a song. I learn it more from hearing it. And so there's different ways. There's a lot of memorization techniques, mm -hmm. you know, and one is to pretend you're walking through your house. You know, when you pull up, do you walk in a side door or a front door when you pull up in your front garage? door? So you're going to come in your front door. Your front door is going to be your first note in your head, in your visually. Then you probably put your keys. Let's pretend you put your keys on a side table. Okay. There's your second note, you know, and you could absolutely put the notes there Right. and you're walking forward and you almost always turn left because you go wash your hands, whatever, whatever, put your notes all there in your head or even actually. Yeah. And that's how you can memorize those steps. Somebody said that once. It's not my idea, but I love it. My problem is I put notes next to the remote control and I'd wind up watching Ted Lasso for another five hours. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to get into that show and it's not happening yet. What? <laughs> it's not happening yet. Okay, I'm just going to end this interview right now. Mm. Um, we'll oh, I'm going to watch again tonight. We'll Give me a chance. Later. We'll talk later. <laughs> so, so what was something about it, this experience and crossing this off? Like after you had, Given your your talk, people are clapping. You're walking off stage. You have a smile on your face. What? How are you feeling at that point? What was the transformation in you from having the person, bef Lisa, before you walked on that stage, and the Lisa after you walked on stage? What, what's what's been the, the change for you? Being able to put that on my profiles, my um, signatures, my kudos to myself. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, if I write an article, it's kind of fun to share that it tells the, the person that I was growing up, the girl who quit school in 10th grade, who did write a book, who does have a podcast, who does speak and get paid to speak and does coach others that, you know what, <laughs> do the things you need to do, do the things you want to try. It's not all about initials after your name. It's about your passion it's about helping other people. It really is because it comes back to you. Yeah, and the I, more we support each other, the better. And most definitely that. So Lisa, what's next on your bucket list? I'm still chasing Carol Burnett. I need Carol Burnett on my, on my podcast. Um, n growing up with comedy changed my life and, and saved my life. Mm. And I crave to thank Carol Burnett and years after, watching her show when I was growing up I ended up with my own sketch show and where I would I do song parodies and and play with co-actors and write and produce and do the things and I pretended she was my mom and 
I did get to see her live once, but I did not get chosen for a question, whatever, Carol. But I would love to. <laughs> that is my next thing. If anybody has a connection that is on it and or jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. Okay. Yeah. Like, thank you for that. Or and Carol Burnett and I jump out of an airplane together. Okay. Yeah. I think I want to videotape that. If, the, if the, that's a thing, I'm, I'm there. Okay. Uh, I want to. I want to make sure that I can. I mean, I'm sure I fight your husband over it, but I. But I would like yeah. to. I'd like to jump with you and. No, I love two cameras. So please, that's right. You please. love the two camera angles, so that's good. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Could you let people know where they can find you and on the interwebs and and with the things that you are doing? Well, yeah, I'm old, so find me on the face place, Lisa David Olson, or Lisa at lisadavidolson.com. Or my website. Guess what? It's Lisa David Olson. So go ahead. <laughs> Find me. Branding is important. Tell us yes. about your tell us about your show real quick. I was on it and I, I appreciated that and yes. I had a good time. Oh, and you're a fabulous guest. Uh, Stranger Connections, where I celebrate wonderfully weird people and their quirky stories. So come on over there and listen to Roger after you listen to me on Roger's show. (laughs) Yes, please. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can It's a click away. So very simple thing. Lisa, thank you so much for being here, uh, sharing your story. It, It is a brave thing that you do on a regular basis, just being on stage. But I know that that being on that stage also meant a little bit more to you. So thank you for coming and sharing that. Thank you so much. And thanks for encouraging people to be the crosser offers. 